You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts. Hi, this is Caitlin Martin. I'm Towner French. This is Patrick Martin. This is Mark Alderman. This is Howard Schweitzer. We're back. Patrick, <laughs> Caitlin, Mark, and Towner. Mark saying hello. Mark also wants to stipulate that Joe Biden had a really bad week and talk about sports. So let's talk about the NFL playoffs. Big weekend. Big weekend. Fun weekend. Tampa Bay, Philadelphia. Most important game of the century. What chance do you give the Eagles, Mark? Uh, About the same chance of Joe Biden getting voting rights done. Okay. Well, that's a great segue. (laughs) Uh, so the president went to president did not have the best week. Let's just be clear. Uh, inflation hit a 40 year high. He went to Atlanta and made this big voting rights push. We'll get into that. And then the Supreme court yesterday threw out his administration's vaccine mandate promulgated by OSHA. So not the best week he's had in in the last year. Um, But you brought up voting rights, so let's start there. What, why, what's he doing? He knows this isn't going to pass. So why, why, what is he doing? Mark, that's to you. Are you addressing that to Caitlin, I assume? (laughs) That's to you. Well, you asked the right question, which is what Thank was the you. point of that speech rather than than dwelling on the language and was Jefferson Davis unpresidential or not. The point of the speech was to placate, if possible, the the progressives in the party who don't think he's done enough. Right. To get voting rights done. It was not a speech for the Republicans. They're gone. It was not a speech for Manchin and Cinema. They're gone. Or if they can possibly be brought back, it's not with that speech. So it was a speech for the base. And maybe they liked it. Maybe they didn't. But we can just stipulate that Joe Biden is not going to be remembered for his oratory. So. At the same time this week, like I said, the Supreme Court tossed out the OSHA rule on vaccine mandates and left the health care provider rule in place. Right, right. Different rule promulgated by HHS, I believe. Yep. Yep. And frankly, I mean, I read the decision. It was, I think, a, a fairly sound decision, but we can get into that a little bit. But People think that Biden actually accomplished what he wanted with the rule, that he kind of set the tone and companies did what he wanted them to do. Not all, not every company, um, notwithstanding the fact that at the end of the day, the court stayed the rule. They didn't toss it out. They stayed it, effectively tossing it out. But I guess... Presidential, it it was deemed a failure by the media. 
just like voting rights will be deemed a failure by the media, just like Build Back Better is deemed a failure by the media. That actually is a failure. I mean, how many of these things can he do that are for show and not for dough, Patrick, without seriously damaging his presidency? Well, yeah, well, I think they're different. I mean, Build Back Better and voting rights, you probably lump in the same bucket. But to your point on this, I think if you gave the Biden administration the ability to go back in time knowing they were going to lose six to three and ask if they would do it again, they would do it again. Uh, because of what you said, he all but said he didn't know if it was constitutional when they put it out. It was a shrewd political move to do something to give the business community cover to start imposing mandates. And even in the amount of time between uh, when the rule went into effect and or even from the announcement that it was going to happen, I think the administration feels fine about the fact that it push businesses to go about and do this. And I don't like, I think they thought it was going to get struck down anyway. And, and so to them, uh, it, it was just, it was a tool in their, in their toolkit. I don't, I don't think they feel, you know, I'm sure they would have rather it had been upheld, but I think they feel like, listen, we tried uh, and it helped accomplish what we were trying to accomplish, which was to get more people vaccinated. Caitlin, what's well, your take? Here's where I take serious issue with this. When you become president of the United States, you take an oath to uphold the Constitution. They knew from day one. Jen Psaki stood at the White House podium earlier this year and said, we cannot mandate vaccines. They knew what they were doing was unconstitutional. They knew they had no legal basis for doing it. Ron Klain tweeted as much, tweeted about this being a workaround, which was utilized and, and, and asked about by the Supreme Court justices. So I get what you're saying about like, well, all businesses have already started to do this, but it scares me when a president of the United States is utilizing his power in an authoritarian way to do things that he knows and his team knows are unconstitutional. And I think that's a bigger problem. Did more people get vaccinated? Yes. But are a lot of people happy to see that the Supreme Court worked as it should? We have a system of checks and balances in this country. And he does not have, OSHA does not have the unilateral power to do this. Yeah, we got we got three branches of government. The Biden administration put out a rule. It went through the courts and the Supreme Court struck it down. You don't see a bunch of progressives storming the Supreme Court going in and trying to overthrow the third branch of government like. Well, I don't know. A, maybe you didn't turn on MSNBC it, yesterday, Patrick, because I did see a little bit of that uh, on, on the, just the way it goes. I mean, Congress passes laws. They can be struck down as unscathed. Like, I just think I, I think it's like at the end of the day. The administration tried to do something uh, that would, you know, implore more businesses to get aggressive about getting people vaccinated. And to the extent it had a runway to do it, it it, it worked. I mean, I so I don't I don't really think it's all that big a deal. I don't know. I think I think it created a lot of uncertainty in the business community. We, you know, we've got some clients that were very concerned about what it would look like and 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 how to implement it. And there were days of confusion with you know Monday being being the start date for when they were supposed to start implementing and and yeah, the, a lot the of lag the time. And, wanted it. A lot of the business community liked that the administration was making their job easier. A lot not of, everybody. Not everyone, and, but well, because okay, right, you can't paint business with one brush. But you right. had large multinational corporations, large U.S.-based corporations that were thrilled that the government was getting. So it's just, I mean, there are people who don't like the mandates and there are people who do. There are people who hate to be told what to do in any instance of their entire life. 
And there are people who are sick of living with this thing like I am. And there there are people that have serious concerns about government overreach and government power and what that looks like. Totally. And those people have concerns about it in in some respect. They they seem to feel differently depending on what type of overreach we're talking about. But listen, it just... 6-3 6-3 ruling. I don't take issue with what the majority decided, but the administration, I'm telling you, they do it again. Mark? Caitlin, you, you and I have been in a dialogue with a good client, friends of ours, who are saying exactly what you're saying. That's certainly their view. And I've been texting back, as you've seen, that I think you, you're, you guys are half right. I'm a million percent with Patrick on it was aggressive. The Supreme Court's there to call balls and strikes. This was a, this was a ball and, and they threw it out or it was a strike, whichever way that metaphor should go. But my gripe with it is what our client has been saying in addition to they shouldn't have done it at all, which was the the lack of guidance, the the absence of clarity, the absence of of rules and and direction. I I think the administration could do a much better job standing up the rule. I take no issue, none zero, with attempting aggressively to get Americans vaccinated in the middle of a pandemic. But if you're going to do it, you got to do it better than than this was done. And and that I think is is the takeaway from from the experience. I think uh, American business, many uh, of of uh, the businesses supported it, as Patrick says, but I don't think anybody thinks it was that well done. I just, I feel like the, the, the Democrats are out of step with where the heart of this country is from a policy point of view. Absolutely. I, I think at the end of the day, the reason Joe Biden got elected president is because he was running against a freaking psychopath who's going to run again. And well, and who must have terrified Caitlin for four years if she's concerned about overreaching authoritarian executive power. I don't know how you slept for four years, Caitlin, but that's a different podcast. The the the, the Republicans did well. Everywhere else on the ballot, except, I guess, I guess in Georgia, Um, the Republicans did well this past November. Um, It feels like, and to me, the OSHA rule, the problem with the OSHA rule is not what they were trying to accomplish, because, of course, at least I'll just speak for myself. I'm totally in favor of whatever gets most people vaccinated and the lack of belief in science is unbelievable. Um, but the mandating it based on a rule related to workplace safety, differentiating between a business that has 50 employees and a business that have, has 150 employees, I mean, none of it made made sense. The country is constituted the way it's constituted for a reason with power in the states. And the states can promulgate themselves, I think, much more easily the kind of rule. This was a matter of statutory authority and an overreach on statutory authority. And I just, Mark, I think some of this goes, it becomes like economic in a sense, because I think 
I think the Democrats are out of touch with where the country is today, even on things like workers' rights and the gig economy and the way people want to work and live their lives. And unless you guys fix that, we're just going to keep dealing with what we've been dealing with. Yes and no. This is going to be a yes and no podcast for me, it seems. Yes and no. I don't think it Both is sides isms. The, uh, I'm trying hard not to do that in fairness to our friend Brian, who once again appropriately called you out on it, but will not come on and do it in person. Right. No but guts. No guts, I no say, glory, Brian Flaherty. Yeah, here's, here's why I say yes and no. I don't know that it's the Democrats. I think the Democrats, once again, are not speaking with one voice. We're not monolithic. Will Rogers said, of course, I'm not a member of any organized political party. I'm a Democrat. So I don't blame the party. I think what's going on most fundamentally, the reason there is such disappointment on all sides with the leadership in this administration is that Joe Biden has been forced by circumstance to be somebody he isn't. He was elected to calm everything down. He was elected to restore competence and confidence in government. And and that's not where we are. And he's decided that the way to deal with that is by consistently overplaying his hand. That's the part where I think you're right. We we have a, a disconnect at at the top where he is trying to be all things to all people. And he is he is overreaching his mandate. Sorry, Caitlin, but um uh I you know if you look at Build Back Better, he went from a view of the world where he was going to have to do everything through executive and regulatory authority. He unexpectedly won the the Senate. These won the control of the Senate through the Georgia elections. And all of a sudden he decided with a 50-50 Senate, he should try to pass the most well, I, ambitious piece of legislation in the history of this country. Overplaying his hand. I said to uh a friend of mine the other night that X of judges, and I'm never going to forget that Georgia gave us judges. X of judges, the Biden legacy may have been better served by Georgia coming out the way we all thought it was going to. That's a really and interesting Biden point. working as he promised to across the aisle and unite through. the country. Yeah. You're sounding you're sounding like Mitch McConnell in his floor speech this week. I don't even Patrick's in charge of the Mitch McConnell uh, observation. The, the just breathtaking the hypocrisy, breathtaking is all I will say. That that's your cue, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I you know I don't even know what people are talking about half the time. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, listen, I, I, Howard, I agree. I mean, some of it is, and it's never like good to play armchair psychologist with politicians, but I think the Biden White House and maybe even the president, I, I just think there's kind of like an insecurity about knowing that the modern day Democratic Party is a lot different than the Democratic Party Joe Biden kind of came up in. 
And I think he's really trying to not let down, you know, huge segments of the more progressive part of the party instead of just like not worrying about it and, and just doing the best he can. I just think, you know, because, and, and not the, I don't want to, I don't know how many progressives listen to our podcast, but like, they're going to be let down no matter what <laughs> all the time, regardless of what, whatever happens. I mean, they're just, you know, it's so, I just think I just, I, what I sort of wish was happening is that there was just, listen, these are, these are tough times. I mean, so they sure are. Had yeah. President Trump been reelected, you know, I think the pandemic would have continued on and he would have been facing a heck of a time as well. It's just like, these are just really tricky, challenging times we're navigating through, but I wish the president would, um, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be perfect all the time to every part of the party. He just needs to trust that the country elected him to lead. I think we're all saying, I guess, I mean, it's not helping his approval rating. That's no, for darn sure. 33%? No. And I guess if I were inside, Mark, what I would be saying, and I was inside, I would be saying, govern. Govern. Stop trying to be all things to all people. Govern the country. We need a steady hand. Make good policy decisions. Don't, don't set yourself up to fail. I think, I mean, it's not working, so we might as well try try something different. I, I, I have one observation on that, and then I, I'd like to hear Caitlin's thoughts on, on what she would be telling the president to do with the hole that he finds himself in. The only observation I'm going to make, and people who listen to this podcast are probably tiring of, of hearing me say it, but I'm going to keep saying it because I believe it is what is most fundamentally going on. If COVID cases were at one a day, Biden would be a lot more popular and everything would look a lot better, even if he were doing the same program that, that he's attempting A now. million percent agree with you. Yeah, it's, but they're not. Totally agree. Of course, of course. Well, and it's not just COVID, Mark. It's inflation, it's supply chain issues, it's empty store shelves, it's crime well, in well, cities but across that's the country. COVID. If COVID, yeah. Biden got elected promising mm-hmm. to vanquish COVID. If miraculously COVID had gone away, the supply chain would be restored. The grocery store shelves would be full. Gas would be three dollars. Would our yeah. withdrawal from Afghanistan have gone better? Unlikely. <laughs> I would say not. Unlikely. I mean, it's what, it's. what about Russia and Ukraine? Are we blaming well, that on COVID? Well, I'm going. Af- I stand my ground on. I Afghanistan. think you guys are overestimating how much the electorate cares about those things. I, I, I just, I, I, I agree with Mark's right. point. When it felt like COVID was over last year, when we got the fake out, he was in the 60s. Now Afghanistan contributed to the dip, and it aligned with the rise of Delta. Like there were some things that came together, but like. It is just, you just talk to anyone out and the people are just sick of the pandemic. They're just all, yeah, we all are. And they're going to punish the party that's in power. Of course. And And, and he did the right thing with Afghanistan. I don't know that it could have been done better. It it probably couldn't have been done worse. I'll grant you that. (laughs) But he did the right thing. But Caitlin, what, what do you tell the president to do now? 
Well, we Howard should... says Howard says govern. That's a that's a cute one word answer. But what does that even mean? What do you want the president to do, Caitlin? Well, what he shouldn't have done was gone down to Georgia and given it extremely divisive speech that even the number two Senate Democrat, Dick Durbin, said was a little a little too far, a little too over the top. Yeah, when Dick Durbin calls something partisan, you're in in trouble. Invoking (laughs) images of civil war, calling half of the country racist. America, people are sick of this. They're sick of being called racist. They're sick of being called George Wallace. You have to show a vaccine card to get into a restaurant in D.C. And the Democrats want to federalize elections and get rid of voters. I mean, to normal Americans, Mark, that's what they're thinking about. This doesn't make sense anymore. Oh, I'm thrilled with the vaccine card. You you lost three votes. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I want to go to. No, but to Caitlin's point, I want to go out to dinner just to be clear. I care far more about that. I don't disagree. That's so one, my the point. It's all anybody cares about. Completely. When it was completely to dinner tonight. You're not going to be worrying about the pullout from Afghanistan. You're going to be looking to make sure everybody's vaccinated. Yeah, Kaylin, I agree though that that I didn't. I didn't think it was a good speech, uh, either in content or in in kind of what I think he was politically trying to do. I mean, the argument, this is where on the voting rights thing, it's frustrating because instead of it being a conversation about the filibuster and Senate procedure and all of us, I don't know if you guys are experiencing this, but like I'm getting phone calls from like friends and family members. And they're like, what is, what exactly is going on here? What are we even talking about? Right. With, and that's, you know, I don't like to call it voting rights. It's the so federalization you know I know of our yeah. election system. Well, you know, how I know where the Democrats are losing this debate because that, because of those phone calls, people don't know what we're even talking about, but where, where I think the debate should take place is out in the country where all these states are changing their voting laws because of the big lie. And this is the part, this is where if the president would go on offense out in the country, why don't you make the point that this doesn't make any sense? Republicans did well at the ballot box in 2020. They overperformed expectations all across the country, except it for one federal office. And that is causing them in a whole bunch of states to say we need to completely transform the way we do voting. What 2020 should have proved is that Democrats are wrong that they always will win in high turnout elections. That's not true. Both Patrick, sides were motivated. Biden went out and said, because of January 6th, we should pass a voting rights act. I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test with a majority of the Senate or the public, and it's not an effective argument. That's why- Do you know was- who's actually working on legislation that could actually in- in- ensure that something like another January 6th doesn't happen? A bipartisan group of senators led by Susan Collins, who are looking at reforming the Electoral Count Act so that it's very clear, unambiguous, that the vice president does not have the authority to, to overturn electoral college counts. That's mm-hmm. a bipartisan effort. And instead, we're talking about blowing up the filibuster, demonizing mansion and cinema and the other moderate Democrats. And it's just, it's, it's like a red herring focus on the issues at hand here, focus on the real solutions to some of these problems. That's what the American people want. For better or worse, states decide how they're going to vote. And there's a lot of problems with that. And Mark, we talk about in podcasts, we go through the history uh, and it's really dark and it's really ugly. And a lot of what I think states are doing uh, and we can go through example by example, I think 
is mirroring a lot of what we saw back in those days. But that's where the debate needs to take place is out in the country, out in the states. That's where the president needs to be advocating, trying to have Washington top down do it and overthrow the fil- or get rid of the filibuster do it. It's just not going to work. And it's I mean, it's it's frankly the thing I've you guys have heard me complain. It's a waste a very precious time where there's 300 days left. Like we're not going to have unified democratic government for a long time. And as a Democrat, I'd like to use that time effectively instead of just wandering around in the abyss. Biden was elected because he wasn't divisive. He was elective to unite, not divide. You know, elected because he wasn't Trump. Well, Right. That's what I was saying. <laughs> exactly. The, uh, we got to get past the Atlanta speech. It was not his his finest hour. It was not his. It was a speech. We got to get past spending every podcast on Joe Biden's speeches. They're beside the point. But Caitlin, programmatically, programmatically, what should the president be proposing to the Congress we do to move the country forward? Well, there's efforts underway for another COVID relief supplemental to revitalize um, restaurant revitalization funds, for example, support gyms, support small businesses that are still struggling during the pandemic, repurpose some of those unspent funds, infrastructure. He should be out there. I saw he did a speech today on bridges, but he should be, he (sighs) forgot Mitch Landrieu's name, wanted to call him Mitch McConnell. But that aside, sorry, (laughs) I didn't want to talk about Biden's speeches, Mark. Um, I mean, he he passed a, a very transformative infrastructure bill that the states are starting to see dollars. I believe we're starting to see today starts day one when some of the agencies um, start to implement and, and look at what how those dollars are going to flow to states. Like, that's great. That's something I've said several times on this podcast. Trump would have loved to have passed a bill, signed a bill like that into law. These are the types of things that I think are going to make real impacts. And if he focused more of his time and energy, not on demonizing half the country, but focusing on ensuring that his CDC and Dr. Fauci and everyone is really coherent on the message. Is it five days? Is it 10 days? I still don't really know what the quarantine... I know I wasn't on last week's podcast, but I still don't really understand what the quarantine... Was it because you were confused about the quarantine? You didn't want to come on the podcast? (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Last week, we we fired uh, the head of the CDC... And I think we started with with Tristan as as her replacement, and then right. we ended up maybe with Mike Bloomberg, or maybe it was the other way around. But we well, all anything would go up there. from there. But That's I, all I, called government. I don't agree. Exactly. I, I I don't disagree with anything you just said. For the record, I think you I think you gave a very good, real. This is where like a lot like the four of us end up agreeing on. I think quite a bit. My view is unified democratic government has to stop looking like a kid who just got his driver's license. Like we went through this with Clinton. We went through this with Obama. We're going through with Biden. The country, when Democrats happen to end up with the White House and both majorities of Congress, they cannot get so legislation happy and try to do every single little thing that they had all pent up all the time that they want to do that the country doesn't want it. And they're going to reject it for the third time in a row. Uh, so I, it's just a bad political strategy. That's that's exactly why my answer to Mark's question of what he should do with Congress is nothing. Right. Virtually nothing. There's a China bill he needs to disagree. pass. Yep. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna second Caitlin's motion. He yeah. should be focused on the only thing that matters, which is okay. COVID, and he should be looking to Congress for more COVID relief. Okay. Because because 
Our clients need it. Let's start okay. there. Okay. I'm fully supportive of whatever helps our clients, of course. And it doesn't but- have to be new spending. It can be repurposed spending because we do have a yeah. massive inflation problem. And right. we need to stop just pumping dollars into the system. Right. But what he actually needs to do, he has he's the president of the United States. And Mark, his speeches do matter. He needs to govern. He needs to focus on the power that he has. He needs to stop promoting legislative initiatives that aren't going to happen and focus on what he can do. And I I don't blame Joe Biden for COVID. I think I take him and science every day over the last guy. But they're not putting one foot in front of the other and governing within their own power and authority in a clear and coherent way. And at the end of the day, that's what I think defines the success or failure of a presidency. It doesn't necessarily mean he gets reelected if he runs, but that's, that's how, that's the job. He got elected to do a job. He didn't get elected to be, legislator in chief. He got elected to be executive in chief. You have untold amounts of power. Go use it. Be smart. Hold your people accountable. Manage. Make the director of the CDC do her job in an effective way, et cetera, et cetera. It's actually, look, it's really hard. And he has been dealt a really bad hand. But the way he plays his hand is only up to him and it's hard as heck, but they can do better. And he has to. Uh, that's very well said, Howard. I agree completely. He's got to do better. They, they have to, uh, it, I mean, the alternative is, is <laughs> too scary to think about. So yeah. Like get us just let's calm down. He has three years. Let's, you know, get things to a better place. I believe he can. And I hope that he will. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So, all right. In our winning moments here, let's make some predictions. Wild card weekend. Caitlin. Oh, I love it. Raiders or Bengals? Oh, God. Oh, I have no idea. I'm going Raiders. Okay, Mark. That game? Yeah. Raiders. Patrick. Bengals. Um, Bengals. Patriots, Bills. 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 I got to root for the, I love the Buffalo Bills. Got to root for the Bills. Uh, Eagles, Buccaneers. Bucks. I'm sorry, which game was that? The only game that you're going to watch, the Eagles versus the Bucks. Giants. (laughs) Joe Judge. (laughs) Obviously. I mean, anything can happen, but. Unlikely. Unlikely. 49ers, Cowboys. I'm going Niners. Has such a mid 90s feel to it, doesn't it? it? Remember when this this was like the best, this is always the best game. Cowboys. Steelers, Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, but you got it. Ben's going to win one more game. Ben's going to win one more game. Yeah, Chiefs think? have looked. Chiefs have looked like all over the place the last couple of weeks. I feel like they barely eked out a win last game. I'm I'm going Pittsburgh. Yeah, they've been uns. They're the most unsteady twelve and five team I've ever seen. So they're true. actually the only twelve and five team. <laughs> it's uh, it's 
first season, 17 games. And then Cardinals, Rams, Mark. I'm going Rams. Yeah, I like both quarterbacks, but I'm I'm going Cardinals. Are you? Patrick? Rams. Caitlin. I have no idea. All right. Well, pick one for God's sake. <laughs> Cardinals. All right. Very good. There we have it. Our predictions. Howard, what are about in. Illinois, Michigan basketball tonight? That's uh, our we're so bad. Wait, is that men's or women's? I think the, <laughs> the, the women's... Michigan women's team, the Illinois men's team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are just not good this year. All right. Well, the women's team is good. Let's, yeah, let's the women's have some team is good. Parity here. The women's uh, team is very good. All right. Well, great to talk as always and uh, spirited. Well, Caitlin, and are you are you available for that CDC role? If we can get you the appointment, you're. I might are have to go, uh, go go back to to med school, but you know, <laughs> I'm happy to help. No, I'm always happy to help. Whole- as long as it's, a, I know, I know the podcast is over, but that's the whole point. You don't have to be a doctor. You have to be able to communicate. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll take one for the team, Mark. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing Podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington, D.C.